Good afternoon and welcome to another interview from our sales leadership series. My name is Paul Lanigan and I have a real treat in store for you today. I met my guest at a sales conference where he was talking about the role of playbooks in sales and you know it just made so much sense to me. I came out of that presentation buzzing and I made a beeline straight for him and I said you know what more people need to hear about this. So he graciously agreed to be my guest today. Dan Zamudio is the four, uh, founder and CEO of Playbooks, a company that promises to boost SDR, rep, new hire and manager effectiveness through native Salesforce sales process Playbooks and AI-based deal scoring. Well, we're going to find out what that means in just a moment. Dan, you're very welcome to the webinar. Thank you so much. So great to be here. So great to see you again, Paul. You too. Uh, Dan, you've had a really, really interesting journey. I saw that you were educated, you got an MBA from UC Berkeley and that you spent time in the Sorbonne in Paris. I mean, that in itself is just so cool. Um, you also spent, I think it was about seven years in various different roles. That's right. Xerox. You That's right. worked, yeah, with Gartner in the Netherlands. I, I, again, I, I know one of your, your, your justifiable boasts there is that you came number one worldwide two years in a row or something like this yeah, is when you were yeah. new to the country languages and the industry that's phenomenal mm -hmm. um i also if i recall correctly you were md of southern europe with semantic that's based right. in barcelona you were right. gm of is it zdnet is that how you pronounce it or yeah, ZDNet? ZDNet, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah in yeah. Fra in paris and uh, your VP with a company on live, if I remember correctly. That's right, yeah. Valley CEO or CEO and GM of the Info Group, also in, in uh, Silicon Valley. And in 1996, you founded Playbooks. Right. I'm curious, Dan, Playbooks is one of those things that could mean many different things to many people. Yeah. How do you define it? Yeah, that's a good question because it does mean, you know, you ask 20 different people what's a playbook and you're going to get 20 different definitions. So our perspective on a playbook really kind of starts with the notion, first of all, it's a system, right? So, you know, so this is a playbook here. If you can see uh, it, the Sandler rules, right? This is a playbook, if you will. This codifies, you know, a set of rules that you want reps to execute. More specifically, a playbook is, is client-specific, it's company-specific, it's it codifies the best way to sell at your company. And the way we think about it, we believe that the client's sales process is the best framework for a playbook. Because at the end of the day, what you want to do is to codify and provide guidance on what you want your reps to say, ask, do, use, and know at each stage of the sales process. So, so that's what we think of as a playbook. We think of a playbook as you know, the, the goal of the playbook is to drive sales process execution excellence, to drive great conversations, application to best practices, intelligent decisions on whether to move forward in the deal based on what you're learning. You know, so it's, it's a system. It's a system. Okay. What would you say to people? Uh, because you said it's about codifying um, an existing process. What would you say to people who looked at their process and said, you know what, we need to make the process better first. We need to right. improve it because anything can be improved, right? That's right. Well, that's a really that's a great question because oftentimes when we walk into a, a new client scenario, that's the first step, mm. right? And because we'll ask the question is, hey, you know, one of the first things we ask is tell us about your process. Mm. Tell us about to what extent you've documented your process. Tell us to what extent you've defined stage-specific goals and, and activities and exit criteria and 
require tools and how that aligns to the buying journey, how that aligns to forecast categories. And oftentimes, and it doesn't matter if it's a small organization with 20 reps or 200 mm -hmm. reps or 2,000 reps, inevitably we find there's an opportunity and the need to do a better job of, of, of documenting that, of codifying that. So yeah. that is step one. That is absolutely step one in, in building a playbook. You got to get that element you know, uh, constructed first before you can really move into a playbook. Okay. Why are they so important? I mean, I, I, I know you're passionate about them. My sense is somebody may say, well, look, if you put these structures on what people do and say, then what you're doing is limiting creativity. What do you say to them in terms of, you know, here's why they're so important to me. And, yeah, and yeah, no, that's, that's a great question because the, the, you know, the key, we have a philosophy, which is you want to be prescriptive without being restrictive. So right. you want to build a playbook that provides guidance, right? So we think in the concepts of frameworks and prompts and themes and, 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 and specific, you know, expert questions, but you want to, you don't want to do it in such a way that it's overburdening the rep, right? Mm. And, 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 but, but the other way to look at it is if that playbook truly codifies your proven practices, your effective practices that have been proven to drive winning results, winning behaviors, and, and the, but you, you create that playbook in a way that is, you know, easy to digest, easy to, to apply, in, you know, kind of in the moment, then reps will absolutely adopt it. But the danger is, and you're kind of alluding to this, is there's also, and you've seen these, I'm sure, you know, you walk into an organization, hey, show us your playbook. And it's, it's really kind of, it's almost binary. It's two pages or it's 235 pages mm. in, in six point font, right? So reps are going, hey, how is this going to help me? So it's really critical to find that kind of that middle ground that is really rep friendly. That's can, it provides them again, like with prompts, with themes, et cetera, that, that, that they could use in the moment to, to, to you know, prepare and conduct great conversations throughout the, the process. And how do you bridge that gap then? Because I'm trying to put myself in the, the shoes of somebody starting in a job where yeah. I now have in front of me things I should be talking about or I should be asking about but I really still don't quite understand it myself. How do, you, how, do you, how do you get to that place where it's now free-flowing? You know, this is, that's a great question. It's a timely one. I'll tell you a couple of stories. So, you know, over the course of the last few weeks, we've, we've been working on a number of different playbooks in all sorts of different industries. And one of the, the litmus tests that we use for a playbook is that we are, you know, folks at Playbooks, we should sound like your best rep, you know, in, in terms of, you know, using the playbook. So I'll give you, and it's like a wide range of companies we've worked with in the last few weeks. We, uh, last week we were doing a project for a Salesforce consultancy, a big Salesforce consultancy, consultancy there, a um, Salesforce consultancy and uh, another BI and focused on the healthcare. Right. So, you know, we went through a process. We, you know, we would typically, you know, maybe, talk about how we get to the, that expert level is the way we go about it is we listen in on calls. If you have, you know, gone or course or refactor these, these, these kind of tools, we listen on those. What we also like to do is actually have conversations with reps. We record the conversation, we annotate it. And then we know we, we put in our magic and get to a point where we've got the playbook. So in this scenario here, I said, it, I, you know, we got in front of their VP of sales. It's okay. We're going to, we're going to do a role play here. 
and I'm going to make believe that I'm one of your sellers and you're going to play the role of a head administrator at, you know, XYZ hospital. And here we go. And I walk through, I had, you know, a Sandler enabled playbook, right? We're, we're a Sandler affiliate. Uh, the, the upfront contract, the pain indicators, went into some expert questions. I had no idea what I was saying. We're talking about, you know, OR blocking, you know, I think, what is that, Legos? I had no idea, but I sounded like I did. Earlier in the day, we were working with a packaging, printing packaging company that does packaging for poultry. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I went through the same scenario with their CEO, and I sounded like I'd been in the poultry industry forever. So uh, yesterday we were working with a utility company. So it, it, and what it demonstrates, so I'm gonna go back to my career, early on in my career at Xerox. Early on in my career at Xerox, we would hire folks right out of university, right? Brand new folks, never sold before. And with some training, they started sounding like experts. The beauty of a playbook is if you have it in front of you with a little bit of co coaching, a little bit of rehearsal, you're, you know, let's go to an SDR. We have a saying, turn SDRs into SMEs, into subject matter experts. You can sound like you're an industry veteran. I sounded like I was in the healthcare space. Like I, I was Dr. Zamudio, you know? So, um, so yeah, so to me, that, that's the, the, the key to a playbook is to help your reps, whether they be new, you know, you know, folks in the middle of the pack, to sound like your best reps, to sound like they're an expert in whatever domain they're, they're, you know, they're in. Okay. I'm guessing you said a word in there, I think that is really important to highlight. You said rehearse. Yeah. I, I guess the danger is there's certainly would be a fear amongst people that if you just say, look, here, say this, that people will say it without any sense of nuance, tonality, et cetera. And that really, it's not just say this, it's here's some guidance. Exactly. On, 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 on where to take the conversation or where to be and some talk tracks but you really have to spend time with it first before you get into it. Would that be fair? Yeah, that's fair. No, absolutely. Okay. No, and, and it's the idea of providing prompts, Paul. It's the idea of providing prompts. So, you know, if I'm a rep before I get on the call, you're going to do some form of pre-call planning, right? So pre-call planning is just another way of saying, hey, I'm going to prepare for that call. I'm going to kind of think through what I'm going to say, what I'm going to ask, right? And then you've got the cheat sheet in front of you that's prompting you. Hey, I want to make sure that I ask this question here. I'm going to open up, right, with, hey, tell me kind of what's key, you know, what are the key, here's, when we talk to other folks like you, right, this is the pain indicator model, right, here's yeah. the issues that we hear. Which of these most resonate with you? Yeah. The customer picks X, you say, now you go down that path, but as the rep, you know, okay, well, thank you. you, you go down those second, third, fourth level questions, but then you want to take it to another topic, so you go to that part of the, of the playbook, you know, in our system, it's really easy to get to that, so, you know, you didn't mention this other thing, Mr. Customer, but when we talk to folks like you, this is a big, big issue. And then you ask that set of questions. But, you, but again, it's not so, it's detailed enough to where the, it's, it, it demonstrates your expertise, but not so much so that you can't inject, you know, your personality or your verbiage, right? It's really kind of almost like a reminder system. So what's the difference then to you between a script and a prompt? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I think that, you know, the, the big difference is like a script is, here's what you have to say word for word, right? So when I was at Xerox way back in the day and we started, we had to do a demo on for copiers. Okay, I'm, I'm you know, back, way back in the day. And we had to get it word for word. If we missed a the mm. in the script, we had to do it all over again. 
And so early on, it was, you know, it, it, that was the proven practice. So to me, what you want is, you want, again, it's, it's talk track, it's themes, it's props. It's, it's you, you don't, you know, again, this notion of being prescriptive without being restrictive. And, you know, that's something we're really good at in terms of building these types of playbooks that are very sales rep friendly. Because what you don't want, you want, and I'll give you an example here. So yesterday I'm on a call, we eat our own dog food, drink our own champagne, right? We're in a situation like this. I've got my playbook up. It just, just to remind me, you know, to kind of what questions to ask. You're not, you're, they're not seeing it, right? Uh, same thing I did last week with this, uh, you know, um, consultancy. I've got my playbook up, so I'm feeling comfortable. I riffed, I could riff, I could add my own person. And then at the end of the call, he said, hey, you're hired. When can you start? Again, you got an SDR opening, I'm happy to, the yeah, joint. Yeah. So, but yeah. that's the key because if you do it, if you over-engineer it, then, yeah. uh, then you're really doing your reps a disservice. Sounds to me what you're saying is that really a script is the conversation where the prompts facilitate a conversation. Exactly. Exactly. All right. From a point of view then of structure and content, what would you of, of the playbook? What's, what's ideal? What's, What's best practice? Sure. Well, I think, you know, again, if we, if, we, if we look at the sales process being the framework for a playbook, what you want to do is, okay, codify, let's say, at, you know, at the, at the front end of the process, you're trying to create opportunities, you're trying to qualify opportunities. So you want to have content to help facilitate that, to facilitate, you know, using in our, in our world, you know, the Sanders stress-free call model, translated into the world of the client, right? So I've got that, if I'm calling up, a, you know, whatever, I've got the, the, the model in front of me. I've got, you know, how to handle brush offs right in front of me. Um, you can also have, you know, it depends on how deep you want to go, but you can also have things like a description of the buyer personas, right? And so that's more of a reference tool. You're not necessarily going to use it in the moment, mm -hmm. but you might want to refer to it, right? We also believe that buyer knowledge trumps product knowledge. And, and that you demonstrate your expertise by the quality and the specificity of your questions and, and, uh, relative to the, the, the buyer domain. Yeah, I, I'm guessing actually, as, as, you're, as you're saying that, it, it, it sounds to me it, it'll also facilitate the speedy onboarding of somebody because you're almost packaging industry or buyer knowledge in a tool. So if I'm new and I'm on board, then it's supporting my onboarding training and it's getting, it's like, it's like reinforcement for my onboarding training as well. That gets me up to speed quickly. It is. I mean, Paul, you know, it's basically, it's, you know, it's kind of plug and play. You can plug and play a rep right into the playbook. And so, it, and like the examples that I gave you, I'm not knowledgeable about the healthcare space. I'm certainly not knowledgeable about poultry packaging. I'm not uh, super knowledgeable about, you know, utilities, you know, but, I was able to demonstrate in a period of a few couple of weeks, come up to speed where I could, I would feel comfortable having conversations where they're key target buyer personas. So that's a really important point that the ability to, to, to very, very quickly, you know, more quickly than you would otherwise get reps up to speed. The other key thing I want to highlight here is you use the term reinforcement. So we make a distinction between reinforcement and application. So, so you, you learn, right? You learn, you go through training, standard training, product training in, in your boot camp. It gets reinforced through coaching conversations with your manager. But then application is the constant 
application of those best practices. And that's what the playbook enables because you're able to apply those to very specific opportunities and, and leads, leads and opportunities. So it's continual, right? It's not episodic. Interesting. Um, I had a question, which was, if I were a sales director and I didn't have playbooks, I didn't understand really what, I'd heard of them, but that, that was it. What would I see? What would I notice? What would I observe in my organization that would tell me that I need a playbook? What, right. what would I notice? Well, so that's a, that's a, yeah, yeah. So, so one of the kind of the overarching issue that we hear that there's like, it says, hey, there's a need for a playbook here is when you go to a sales organization and we, you know, 20, 2,000, 5,000 reps, doesn't matter. You go in and the question, the, 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 what we say, and we, we say, hey, like an issue that we see in the marketplace, and it doesn't matter whether we have 20, 200, or 2,000 reps, is the notion of rampant inconsistency across the sales organization. Inconsistency from a rep perspective in terms of how they execute key disciplines like qualification and prospecting and discovery and positioning and objection handling, storytelling, et cetera. Inconsistency from a manager perspective in terms of how they, they do the deal reviews and planning sessions and forecasting. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you see that, and most people go, yep, that's an issue. So that's one issue. The other issue that we look at is, okay, what percentage of your sales force represents, you know, 60% of your revenue? And oftentimes, you know, it's a small amount. So that's a big sign because you can't, it's hard to scale when you have to rely on only a small percentage of folks to make your numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other indicators are, okay, you know, we missed our forecast the last two quarters. We missed our, our growth target the last two quarters. We're not getting the conversion rates that we want. So we look at a lot of metrics. That's another, you know, those are other good indicators. Okay. What would you say then are, for people thinking about this and convinced that playbooks are the way to go, uh, would be best practices for creating and implementing playbooks? So, you know, the, it, it starts with kind of capturing best practices. And there's a number of ways to do that. So the way that we do it is we say, okay, do a, a data dump. Give us your, you know, your 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 first pitch deck. Show you know, any you know scripts that you currently have, discovery conversations that you have. You know, uh, we spend time on the website to hear positioning. That we do some research. What are the analysts saying about you? We look at case studies, and then so that's kind of looking at the for the content piece. But then the critical pieces, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, is then spending time with subject matter experts, reps, managers, uh, sales engineers, professional mm. services folks. You know, basically, you know, we say it takes a village to build a playbook. You want to get all that input uh, to codify what you know what's required, what are the best practices. So you start there. You you start you know kind of documenting your playbook, and then you iterate it. Right? You start working with different folks. You get feedback on it, and then over a period of let's say four to six weeks. You know, you've got a playbook. Gotcha. There's a lot of work that goes into it, is what I'm hearing in getting it right. How much of that, though, from your perspective, is using it as an opportunity, not alone just to take best practice, existing practices, but using it also as an opportunity before you codify it to uh, to tweak it and to improve it, or is it just a case of take what we're doing and lock that in. Okay, so this, this brings up a really interesting topic here. So there's a lot of conversation intelligence solutions in the marketplace now, right? Chorus, 
Gong, I think Refrack, I believe. Yes. Right? Yeah. And great tools, right? So in that context, you're talking about conversation intelligence from the perspective, you're gathering conversation intelligence, you're recording conversation intelligence. We believe that a playbook enables conversation intelligence. And then what you can create, Paul, is this virtuous cycle, right? Listen, apply, listen, iterate, right? Because the, and, and so the beauty of kind of what we bring to the table from a technology perspective is the ability to easily iterate your playbooks, right? Because your best practices are gonna evolve, your, your messaging is gonna evolve, your, you know, your use cases might evolve, et cetera. So you want the ability to, uh, you know, to be able to iterate without it having to be, you know, 20 people, you know, in, in the effort. I remember this was the part in your presentation at the sales conference where I got excited. This is where the kind of the penny dropped for me that <laughs> it was the, it was a self learning platform. What I, what I mean by that is that you take best practice implement it, but then using those other tools, look at, well, how could we improve it? And then you bake Absolutely. that back into the system again. And so you have this process of, of gradual, incremental, never ending improvement. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because yeah. your counsel, that's a, a really key piece, right? It's not, and, but right now, folks are typical, one of the limitations in terms of kind of the current approach to playbooks, you know, is people build a playbook, they'll put it in Google Docs, they'll put it on, you know, on, on, on some document management, some contact management system. And it's difficult to, kind of continually update and, but more importantly, and then for the reps to actually use it in the moment. So the, the ability to, to not, and, and another key point here is when you think about a playbook, it's not just one playbook, right? So with our system, what you're able to do is to build a library of playbooks. You can build uh, specialized playbooks for key vertical markets as an example. So if you're selling into healthcare, the conversations with, with healthcare is going to be very different than the conversation sure. you have you're selling into financial services or tech. You can build role-specific playbooks, right? So an SDR playbook, an AE playbook, a customer success playbook. So you can build a set of playbooks to help you manage the entire customer lifecycle and then and to continue to iterate those. Yeah. You could do persona-based playbooks, I presume, as well, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. So within the playbook, right, within the playbook, you can, like, particularly when you get into discovery, you mm -hmm. can st structure discovery by use case or by persona. We, we say the use case is a, is a good model because, you know, what we find is across personas, there's going to be some commonality in terms of the, of the use cases. Some use cases are going to apply more to a, a specific persona. So we want to give the rep the flexibility to decide. But yeah, but you can structure that by persona or use cases or, or two good models. If I, Dan, if I was to walk into an organization where you had been six months earlier and you'd implemented and, and they were doing it properly and they were implementing yeah, yeah. tables properly, uh, what would I see? What would I notice in that organization that you would say, yeah, that's as a result of? Yeah, well, I think, you know, so one of the things that we really talk about is enabling the three most important conversations in sales. So it's the sales, you know, so the first one is the sales conversation that takes place between the rep and the prospect or buying committees, if you will, across the entire sales process. The second one is the coaching conversation that takes place between that frontline manager and the rep during the deal replanning session. And then the third one is the forecasting conversation that takes place up and down the, up and down the, the, the food chain. So what you would see is more, you know, 
more thorough, higher quality, cons more consistent conversations across all three of those. Hmm. Your reps would be conducting, you know, doing a better job of managing their managing and analyzing their deals, running better conversations. Your managers would be doing more consistently, you know, doing a better job of coaching reps on the deal. And you'd have higher quality forecast conversations. So your deal forecasting accuracy would go up. That's what we see. Okay. Um, I have a question for you, but before I get into that, what I want to do is I want to invite um, participants, anybody who's joined us on the webinar. If you have a question for Dan, if you could just go and pop that into the chat now, that would be a good thing because we're, we're not too far away from the end of our conversation and I want to make sure I capture any questions. Um, I want to move on, Dan, to talk a little bit about technology because when I came across Playbooks first, they were literally pieces of paper inside. The very first one I came across was like, you know those little cheap uh, photograph album covers you might get when you pick up your photographs from a grocery or from a drugstore, pharmacist, yeah. wherever, right? Yeah, yeah. And you got the little plastic flippy up -y, and, and that's it, literally, that was yeah, yeah. it. So you'd have on one side, you know, a, a talk track or maybe some objection handling and prompts and so on. And then the next time I, I kind of, the next iteration for me was, it was that captured in a tool, could be a CRM or some sort of platform, but it was quite static. But at least we're moving into the technology space. So I'm really interested in the evolution of technology and how that really has taken the concept of playbooks to the next level. Right. See about that. So yeah, happy to talk to that. So, so our application is a native Salesforce application. So we work exclusively with Salesforce and, and enterprise edition and above. And, and so really the, the kind of the, the next evolution, and we're one of the few people to, to do this, is to be able to drive application of the playbook at the, at the opportunity and, and lead level, right? So it's very specific so you pick okay for this I'm, I'm calling into healthcare let me pick let me take the healthcare playbook i'm calling into financial service let me use the the the, the financial services playbook it's going to guide me it's going to guide me on you know again what i need to say ask to use and know at each stage mm -hmm. of the sales process for that market based on our proven practices so it really is kind of taking it that last mile right so it's like i don't have to go look for it in, in, in some content management system I've got what I need. And there's kind of another kind of key piece in terms of the technology. It's the notion of giving and getting information, right? So, so part of the playbook helps you kind of, you know, ask great questions, tell great stories, handle objections, but it also should guide you on, you know, what information to gather. And then, and what, you know, we, so we talk about the notion of deal knowledge management, which is making it easy for us to capture, contextualize and communicate the key deal information and insights that they gather as they navigate through the sales process. By virtue of our being integrated in the Salesforce, it makes it very easy for the rep in, in a very natural way to enter their notes, right? But they're, they're contextualized. Hey, here's the gaps that we learned relative to this particular use case. Here's the other gaps that we learned relative to this other use case. So it's really kind of that, the ability to, you know, provide, hey, prompts on what to say, but then also contextualize, hey, okay, you know, let me gather that information. And then now when I, once I've gathered that information, my management can see. And so we're having more intelligent deal, deal review and coaching conversations. 
So that's really taking it to that last mile. That level of granularity makes all the difference. Okay. So I, I guess yeah, in terms of coaching as a coaching platform, where do you, where would you say to a sales manager that it's here, here, and here is where you're going to get the greatest return from a coaching. I get the bit where it captures best practice and I get the bit where it enables people to, 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 you know, to be a guide and to give talk tracks. If you were speaking to a manager and say, here's how it'll make coaching as a process easier for you. Could you just maybe, I I know you touched on it, but I'd just like to go deep. So, so our perspective is that the deal is the best kind of focus for coaching, right? Because it's like, the analogy I make is to, you know, even though I didn't go to Harvard, but it's the Harvard business case, right? So, you know, you're using, so your deal is the case study. That's the case study method is the best way to learn, right? So in essence, every deal is a case study. So now you as the manager, you've got a, a framework in terms of how you run your deal reviews, how you've done your coaching, how you assess risk in a deal, how you agree on kind of what the next steps are. And you're using those conversations to coach your reps on how to advance that deal, collaborate on that. And by virtue of that, you're coaching them on the, you know, depending on where you are in the process, on the skills that are, you know, you've captured those skills, by the way, in the Mm. playbook, right? Mm. But then you're also saying, okay, what are we going to do next to move this deal forward? What are the three things we need to do? What what do we need to find out? What are the key points that we need to make? And so you're, you know, you're coaching the rep in the deal. And by virtue of what they learn in terms of that deal, they're going to apply to other deals. Yeah. I guess what I'm hearing as well, if if it were me in the, the the coaching role, what I'm thinking of is to a rep is before we sit down and have a coaching conversation that I'll want you to go to the system and I'll want you to have reviewed uh, where you are in the process, what you've done, where you're stuck, but to leverage the, the system and then to feed back from the coaching conversation into it to capture yes. those elements that you need to, I guess, come unstuck in a, in a given situation so that it gathers it. I, I think what I like about that, as I understand it, is that it, it, takes, it puts the pressure back on the rep also to do their homework before they yeah. come to a manager for a coaching conversation. Sure, yeah. yeah. That's an important point, Paul, because what you, you have a, a kind of this trickle-down effect. Mm. If I, as a rep, know that every single time that I'm going to sit down with you, Paul, you're going to be asking me, what were the gaps with this particular use case? What, you know, what, where are they relative to budget and decision process? You know, who are the stakeholders? Mm. Um, you know, what are the risks in the deal? If I know you're going to ask me that every single time, well, guess what? I'm going to make sure that when I'm in front of the customer, I'm uncovering that information. And by the way, the playbook is, I've got the cheat sheet in front of me. It's an open book test, right? The, the, just by virtue of following the playbook, I, I'm going to be doing those things. Yeah, yeah. But, but you want that, but it's not enough to just say, here's the playbook and, and do it. The manager has to coach to it. Right. Yeah. But it, 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 does, it does enable them to do a much more effective job in that because there's consistency, which is so important. I have a question here, by the way. Uh, it is top challenges. What, ask Dan, what are the top challenges to implementing playbooks and how to overcome them? Now, they don't say what size of organization they are. I'm going to sure. assume that they have sales force. That, that's a given, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So, so I think, you know, some of the challenges are, I mean, first of all, from a mindset perspective, leadership has to believe that there's a need for a place, that there's a need for a system to help, you know, improve effectiveness and improve, improve performance. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to get buy-in on that, first of all. Um, another challenge sometimes is that, hey, we're just starting from scratch. We're trying to figure it out. We don't have a lot of stuff. Um, we can deal with that. We kind of say, hey, regardless of where you are in your sales process maturity curve or your sales playbook maturity curve, we can help you. If you have a lot of content, great, we can help you. If you don't have a lot of content, we have templates. Hmm. Um, but, but, you know, there's some logistics, you know, challenges, right? Because you want, you really do want to have input from multiple, you want marketing at the table, right? We like to say that marketing are great wordsmiths. Sometimes they just use too many words, but they have great messaging, right? So you want to make sure that that gets incorporated. You want consistency between, you know, your branding and your sales conversations, your positioning and your sales conversations. So, you know, getting, you know, coordinating, getting everybody at the table, uh, and that's why, you know, we, you know, we get brought in is to help coordinate those types of, of uh, kind of from a playbook development perspective. Okay. Um, Dan, I know you do a number of these type of interviews and I'm curious to know what, what comes up that we haven't discussed today. What comes up, what area to explore or something you feel is important that we should talk to people who are viewing this at the moment? Yeah, fair enough. So, you know, I think the, the key thing is, you know, to think of a, a playbook. So I'm a big uh, Pep Guardiola fan. All right. So I, Pe Pep Guardiola. The, the coach I thought you Man said, Pepe, I thought it was like Peppa Pig. <laughs> and I, it can't be Peppa Pig. <laughs> so hopefully we, we don't have any Mourinho fans on the call here. But, you know, I, I live in Barcelona. So I'm a big fan of, of Pep Guardiola. And what makes him so great as a leader? is that he has a system, right? He has this 16-point blueprint. He pays really close attention to detail. Mm. He systematizes, you know, on a game-by-game you know, -game basis, you know, the best way. So to me, it's to really think about the notion of, in order to take it to the next level, you need to come up with a playbook. We believe that the playbook, and this is, this is an important point that I, that I would like to make, is that the, from a sales enablement perspective, the playbook is the foundational element of your sales enablement strategy. Because to the extent you codify these best practices, right, as we talk about, you know, throughout your sales process, that then becomes the content you can use in your learning management system, you can use for coaching, and, you know, up. So, so we believe that your playbook is, is, is critical, is, is the critical sales enablement perspective. The other point that I like to emphasize is, we, we touched on it a little bit, but I wanna highlight is, sales manager enablement. So oftentimes when people talk about sales enablement, they're almost exclusively saying sales person enablement. How do we make that rep more effective and efficient in carrying out their day to day? Our perspective is that just as important, if not more important, is the notion of sales manager enablement. Mm. How do you equip that frontline manager with the tools, the tips, the technology that he or she needs to drive, you know, effectiveness across their sales organization? So that's a really key, key point. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I noticed this on your website and yeah. it had sales excellence enablement. So that's not yeah. sales enablement, that's sales excellence enablement. It's that's different. Right. And we talked about leveraging top performer best practices, a consistent sales execution, provide deal specific coaching. 
improve pipeline visibility and forecast. We touched on that. I'm not so, I didn't know that we went into it too much. We touched about the importance of reinforcing sales training and facilitating coaching. Uh, I, I think it's clear to people how it enables the standardization of best question stories, uh, talking talk tracks, objections, and so on. Um, we didn't, I, I wouldn't mind just spending a few moments on where it says giving instant access to the right sales tools at the right time and CRM adoption. I think there are two topics that maybe people would- Yeah, good. I'm glad you brought that up. So, okay, so I'll address the first one. So in terms of, you know, make, you know at, at, the, at the deal level to provide the rep with the appropriate tools that they need to, you know, initiate, qualify, advance, and close that deal. That's so our system allows that regardless of, you know, where these tools sit, what repositories, learning management system, content management systems, Google, you know, with one click, you can access whatever, wherever that is. And the notion of CRM adoption is very important. That's a big value prop for us. So we're, you know, a native Salesforce application. I was on the call yesterday with a, with a prospect and showing him, you know, how we in essence transform Salesforce from a data entry system into a guided selling and coaching system that helps the rep. I mean, we can, we could, we reskin Salesforce. So when you go in, typically when you go into, whether it's Salesforce or Microsoft CRM or any, any other system, it's in essence a data management system. It's in essence a database. It's in essence a, a contact management system. Input information, right? Data entry. So we hide that. We don't take it away. We hide that and you put the playbook up front. So it's this beautiful guided selling system that now the rep comes in, okay, now finally, this is gonna help me. This is gonna help me run a better call. This is gonna help me figure out the best thing to do next. This is gonna help the manager collaborate with their rep on you know, what, you know, how, to, how to move this deal forward. So yeah. that notion of transforming Salesforce into from a data, you know, from a focus on deal administration to deal guidance yeah. is, is pretty significant. And, and, and that's, that's really an important point is that CRM, I mean, we all know why CRM exists, right? It exists there to help the managers control their teams. Right. It sounds to me like this is the playbook is for the reps. And that's where the value is, right? That's right. Yeah, it's really, we, we look at it from a top down and bottoms up approach, right? But, but you really got to start with the rep. It's got to start helping that rep. But then by default, you're also helping the manager. We, you know, they're both, both audience. And again, it's to drive those conversations. Yeah. Sales conversation, coaching conversation, forecasting conversation. Fantastic. I, I, I'm curious to know, by the way, straight up, of, of the addressable market out there, if you think of companies that are running their sales operations on Salesforce, that's the market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How many of them right now are, whether it's you or a competitor, but just playbooks, te technology-driven playbooks? Right. How, how many of them have adopted it and are, and are getting the value of everything we just talked about right now? So, you know, I would say that the, the notion of a, like a, a CRM integrated playbook has only been around for a little bit. Mm. And so, you know, we're starting to see a, a tick because people see the value in it. Yeah. But what we do is pretty unique because what we do is conversation and process enablement. There's other systems out there that, hey, from a deal inspection, hey, drive this, whatever the methodology is, do a better job of inspecting. We don't think that's a playbook. A playbook is both conversation and then, you know, enablement and deal management enablement. Mm. And so what, what we're seeing, you know, across our clients is that 
it's driving higher win rates, better forecast accuracy, higher conversion, compressing sales cycles. Uh, but there's a big, big opportunity in front of us, a big, big market, right? We're about to launch on the, on the app exchange and excited about that. We have to, you know, as we're part of Sandra, right? We're affiliated with Sandra. We're collaborating on, on, on a lot of deals together. So, you know, big, I think, and we're at an inflection point because today kind of the history of sales enablement has been primarily focused on LMS systems and then our content management systems. But then now I think the, the notion of a playbook integrated into your CRM is, is fairly new, but it's the natural next step. Yeah. If people want to get in contact with you, Dan, where's, what's the best way? So uh, I'll give them my, my Sandler address, which is dzamudio.playmaker, uh, which is the name of the application. It's sandler.com. Say that again. Zamudio. So my, okay. my last name. That, make sure people have it. Yeah. But okay. It, uh, okay. Got that. Uh, Dan, that was absolutely awesome. I have to say there's so much, so much rich content in that. It's amazing. Um, I, I don't think there, there is, or there shouldn't be, I guess, a sales enablement organization, sales operations, sales management organization out there that aren't looking for ways to get more, to improve, to be better, to be more efficient, more effective. And it sounds like a no brainer to me, you know, I, I'm involved in a different end of the business, more in the terms of the process and the training, but right. this is a missing link in terms of yeah. capturing it and also creating this organism that grows in the organization that is self-healing and self-growing. And it's that, I, that, that's what I was so excited about and hearing yeah. you talk about it again. I, well, I, we're real excited, uh, you know, Paul, in terms of, you know, the relationship with, with Sandra, because Sandra's got, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, I got the book here, I'm going through, I'm getting certified. And um, it's the world's best methodology as far as we're concerned. But then how do you apply it? How do you translate it, right? So you go from methodology, so you use the Sandra framework, hmm. you know, in the context of the client sales process, and that becomes the framework for your playbook. And then you you know, you apply it in our system. There's a question from John Atherton, which is an, uh, I want to address here. He asks, in a typical playbook, how often should sales managers meet with reps, review, committed deals, pipeline, you know, et cetera. And so to me, part of what our system actually enables is to go in from a reporting perspective and say, okay, let me see all the deals that are greater than, you know, $50,000 that are due to close this quarter that are at best case and commit filtered down, you have, you look at what we call scorecards, you hover over the scorecard, you get a sense of what's going on with that deal. And so to answer your question, John, what you would do is you want to stratify, right? Because you got to, you got to have some sort of a filtering system to decide where you're going to focus your bigger deals, your deals that are, you know, more towards the you know, best case and commit, you're probably going to spend more time on those the deals that are early on in the, in the, in the, in the process. So, you know, hopefully that answers your question, John. All right. Excellent. I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. We're up on the 45 minutes, Dan. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It's been insightful, delightful, uh, so full of, inf uh, you know, useful information and actionable points where people can go and start to work on capturing best practice and then growing it and building and then seeing the results of that. It, to me, it's a, it's a really obvious place to start. And 
I, I love what you do and I wish you the best of luck with and I hope to Thanks so much, Paul. It's been an absolute, such a pleasure. Soon. So good to yeah. see you again, buddy. Last time we got to high five each other real time. I'll high five you virtually. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the best. I mean, just I love working with you and the team out there. So uh, yeah. thank you for the opportunity. Not at all. My, my pleasure. Thanks again, Dan.